You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of FlashofSteel.com. This is episode 66, and I am your host, Troy Goodfellow, and with me today are two of my regular panelists, uh, freelance writer Rob Zachney. Hey, happy Mojito Monday. It's Mojito Monday? Well, it is here. <laughs> and for the first time in a month, freelance writer Tom Chick. I am a fiend for mojitos. However... If anyone would like a coffee, I'm happy to not only make you a coffee, I will give you a, a brief step-by-step tutorial into how to make a coffee yourself in honor of today's podcast. That awkward segue. Uh, <laughs> it was not awkward at all. Troy Goodfellow, you need yeah. to learn. That was a fantastic segue. Yeah. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> Take it up with the union. Uh Today's topic is tutorials. Uh, we've talked about manuals last year, one of our most popular shows, uh, widely commented on, and one we've revisited was about manuals and the decline of documentation in general and what makes a good manual. Uh, lately, I've been, th- I've always thought about what makes a good tutorial and why they're different. How do you train somebody, uh, to play a strategy game? Strategy games are generally quite complicated, uh, especially the ones that I really like. Uh, I've seen, uh, comments in many threads on quarter to three about people saying, wow, I would love to get into X game, but I don't have time to learn it. And the, how bad the tutorials generally are, the paradox games tend to come in for some ridicule here. So let's talk about uh, tutorials and about tutorials, what makes a good one, what makes a bad one. Um, is there, Can you go too slow? Can you go too fast? Now, Rob, you're the one who came to us with this topic. You pitched it. Um, what did you have in mind? What were you thinking about when you said, you know, it's something we really got to talk about in the show? Well, um, you know, what sort of put the idea in my head was um, I recently reviewed uh, Rise of Prussia, um, which is the latest game from Ajid or Ajad, however you pronounce that. Um, and it covers the Seven Years' War. And if you know the Ajid system, uh, you, you, know, you know what to expect with this game. But um, what really struck me with this one is... It had a good tutorial, except for the fact that it didn't actually teach you enough to play the game. Um, it taught you these very, very basic rudiments of the system, um, and then sort of cut you loose. But if you tried to go, you know, forge ahead with what you learned from the tutorial, um, you were not going to be able to understand what was going on. You were not going to be able to play. Um, and the game sort of leaves off with. You know, obviously this tutorial is not comprehensive. Uh, for further information, you should consult the manual. Um, and it just it just got me thinking that I mean, for a download only product uh, where the manual is going to be a PDF file, um, and you include a tutorial, a tutorial should be able to at the very least get you started. But with a really complicated strategy game or a war game, um, it, it seems like nobody's quite figured out how to make that tutorial that can introduce you to the depth of a system. So I'm, I'm champing at the bit. Can I jump in here? Of course you can. Rob Zachney, oh, I'm, I'm wagging my finger at you, young man. Uh, it seems to me that from my perspective, a, a tutorial really shouldn't have to carry the weight. The strategy game... Uh, and maybe I'm just being an old fogey here, Rob, so call me out for this if, if you think I am. But but... But dang it, us strategy gamers should want to read manuals. And I, you know what? I'm going to take my shoe off right now and pound it on the table. You know, strategy gamers, we love manuals. We of all genres should be expected to 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 read the manual, and not just read the manual, but but I think 
uh, dive into a game and maybe flail around as a test game to sort of to sort of figure it out and figure out what it is we need to learn. Uh, like I, I don't know the the specific game you're talking about, Rob, uh, but I think of something like like Civilization or Distant Worlds, which I've been playing recently, uh, or even some of the Paradox games. Mm-hmm. I, I think strategy gamers, it's kind of okay to expect us to set up a small test bed game. And, and, and using the manual and that test bed game, learn from there. And that the tutorials really are just sort of like bottom level entry stuff for people who don't know like how to change, how to move the camera with a mouse, uh, that sort of thing. Am, am I being too, too old fogey here, Rob? Well, I mean, you know, one of, one of my hang ups is that my concern is that war games and hardcore strategy games are becoming too much the province of, um, you know, an already educated audience. You know, it's you're preaching to the choir here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see the type of games that I like. I want to be able to recommend those to friends who haven't really gotten into strategy gaming. And I want to know that they're going to be able to find their way and have a good time if they don't know the conventions of the genre. Mm-hmm. And with a game like Rise of Prussia, certainly, I mean, that's, you know, that's a hardcore war game with a lot of logistics and there's a lot of information that's, you know, sort of, sort of hidden within that system, and you're not even sure what it means. Um, and I mean, you know, I, I think that 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 bottom level tutorial. I mean, we need to have a higher standard for it. Um, I, I think it should be able to get you into how the game actually works. It should be beyond here's how you move the camera. Um, anyone can figure out how to you know move the camera or move units around. I mean, you know, you don't need a tutorial for that. You need a tutorial um, to tutor you in game concepts. And if your, tu- if your tutorial doesn't really do that, if it doesn't illuminate how the game is working, then I think it's a failure. Uh, the other thing is that you know, you're, you're seeing an increasing number of games where you can say you know, strategy gamers should want to read the manual. There's no manual for you to read, um, unless you're just going to print out the manual for every strategy game you buy, which you know, is kind of a hassle. Or you can read the PDF, um, which is also annoying. I mean, there's just, there's no longer a physical reference book that's coming with with the games you're you're acquiring. But that's a separate issue, though, from yeah. saying that the information isn't presented. I, I I would totally agree with you on that, Kavetch. But but the information is there for for people who want it, though. Uh, and and you're right. It, it would definitely be nice to to have some entry for people who don't normally play that game. But but I do have to wonder, like, why would you recommend something like Rise of Prussia to friends who don't already know war games? I, I would like to think that something like Rise of Prussia caters to people who already like that kind of game. And if you want to try to think of a gateway game for, for people who would need that kind of comprehensive tutorial, who might be deterred from having to read the manual, that's probably not necessarily a good game to, to recommend to them. Um, I guess what, we're to, what do we expect from a tutorial? I mean, I think that you, you certainly can't have the tutorial explain everything uh, because that's most of these games really too large for that. Uh, Tom, you're talking about Distant Worlds, which we've played mm-hmm. a lot of, and which we'll be talking about again in an upcoming podcast, because some changes have been made to it, and I think it's worth revisiting. Um, did, did you consider Distant Worlds quite a complicated, complex strategy game with a lot going on, um, that in many ways it says, we're going to take over and do everything, and you can let yourself in as you go, but they also have a tutorial which shows you all the systems. Would you consider it to have a good tutorial? No. Well, uh, I, according to Rob's 
uh, I, I would say like according to Rob's definition of what a tutorial should do, absolutely not. It's yeah. not a good tutorial in that it just shows you a few basic concepts and then it basically throws you into the deep end. And from there, it expects you to want to either look up a, a manual or it's, as we've said before, it's very well documented in game. Yep. And there's lots of opportunities in game to look up a, a help file, an online reference. Yep. So by Rob's definition, I, I, I would I would say, no, it's not a good tutorial. But as far as I'm sort of concerned from my old fogey, you know, read the manual, damn it, perspective, I, I think it does exactly what it needs to do with the tutorial. It lays out the basics and then it expects the player to want to. To, to roll up his sleeves and get in there himself. Because some games, you, you cannot simply divide them up and present them that easily. You know, right. a lot of really complicated games, the kinds of things that we like, the player has to make some effort to get there as well. You know, the player has to want to learn the game. Uh, they're built for guys like us right. who have this innate curiosity about systems and who, who want to manage some complexity and who are willing to take some time to wrap our heads around difficult concepts. And we don't necessarily expect everything to be intuitive or or, or make sense immediately. Um, so by my definition, I think the tutorial is fine. But from Rob's per- perspective, which I completely understand, no, Distance World, Distant Worlds does not have a good tutorial. Hang on. Go ahead. Uh, th- I mean, there's there's a couple things here. I mean... You know, I, I, I sort of draw an analogy between this and, say, what you get out of, like, you know, a college education, okay? Like, you go, you go, to, you go to college, and you could probably find all this information yourself, but what you, what you discover at, you know, an institute of higher education is that, you know, the people who really, who you can learn the most from are the people who can sort of tell you where to go to find the important information. They can point you in the right direction. They can sort of lead you on to inquire more deeply into subjects. And I would say, I mean, that's, that for me is kind of where I want to see, uh, the tutorial, you know, mm-hmm. sort of fill that role to make me curious about other subjects within this game, to sort of draw my interest to certain aspects of this game. Well put. And yeah. if you don't have a tutorial doing that, um, you just say go read the manual. I mean, I would argue there's even a skill to reading a manual. You need to know you need to be literate enough to know what you're looking for in the manual. You need to be knowing, like, you need to know, well, I need to figure out what's going on with the, um, you know, domestic, you know, production at this location uh, because something's weird there. And you need to know what you're kind of looking for in the manual to to access that information. But if these concepts really aren't articulated enough for you to even to even really recognize what information you need, what you need to learn about this game, then the manual still it, it, it's too, it's opaque. It, it becomes a frustrating experience. It becomes something that locks you out of the game. But uh, right, right, and and I I think the tutorial though is uh, it, it's an entry point for people who are too impatient to to start with the manual. That's sort of how I think of tutorials, and that's certainly how I approach them. Is I boot up the game, I want to see it in action. You know, when I sit down with a new game, I don't want to read a manual right off the bat. So the tutorial gives me a way to to get a first look at that game. And in a lot of instances, it it teaches me how to learn further about the game, uh, which fits in with your college analogy, Rob. I I think at higher higher learning, its duty is not necessarily to teach you stuff, but to teach you how to learn that stuff. Um, So I I think that's what tutorial, that's sort of its role. Uh, it's for people who don't want to immediately sit down with a manual. It's a necessary evil these days, I think. You right. need a tutorial, uh, and it's an entry point to just immediately jump in. But it is not, I think, a substitute for a manual, and I don't think a tutorial will ever uh, 
for a game like we're talking about, like Distance, Distant Worlds or Rise of Prussia. I don't think a tutorial can, can ever be a substitute for a person having to either crack open a manual and slash or play testbed games to, to figure out a game's systems. Um, I, and I think it's partly just as an old fogey, I, my expectation for tutorials is pretty low. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are there any you would point to as you know great successes? Well, the, the the classic model, I think the best way to do it in a, uh, is is the Civ model, where you start a game and Sid Meier occasionally pops up with some context-sensitive tip about, hey, here's the screen you're looking at, here's what it does, and then it, the tip goes away. And then when you get into a different screen, the same, uh, you know, a, a little tip pops up and tells you about that. So where it's not a separate mode, but it's a mode that's folded into the actual gameplay. Uh, I hate, hate, hate having to sit through non-interactive video tutorials. You know, at least make me as a formality push the button or something to build up muscle memory. But uh, anything where I'm actually playing the game and the tutorial is folded in with the gameplay, I think is is a best-case instance of how a tutorial should work. And those slideshow tutorials are the absolute worst. I would rather have a slideshow, Troy, than a than a video, because at least yeah. on a slideshow you're hitting the next button. Oh God, <laughs> those are terrible. Hearts of Iron Three had a slideshow tutorial. Like, what the hell? Hearts of Iron Three is a slideshow tutorial. <laughs> Rob, what do you think are some good tutorials? What what have you liked? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, mean, I brought this up earlier today. Um, I have a hard time thinking of tutorials in strategy games um, that. I really like. I mean, you know, I, I had to go back all the way to, um, you know, the Homeworld tutorial, actually, is one that stands out in my memory as being a really excellent entry to the, uh, to the game you're about to play. Because um, there, I mean, it starts you off in a pretty dramatic, you know, it starts you off in, um, you know, in the middle of the story. And you go off with your ship to do some basic um, resource gathering and ship construction tasks and then you come back, and the home world's been destroyed, and you you know the main game begins. But that that brief interlude you have, um, you know, on the edge of the star system, where you're learning how to harvest asteroids and command ships in this three dimensional space. That I mean, you know, remember it's home world, so I mean, we a lot of us haven't seen a game like this uh, that works like this. So I mean, there was really kind of a new concept introduced to players, and um, that game handled it really well. And very quickly, uh, but I mean, for for deeper strategy games, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of ones that, you know, I've, I've really that have really left me impressed. The uh, the some of them stand out for me not because they're well done, but because they do outrageous things. And I specifically think of Hitler walking you through the opening moves of Hearts of Iron Three. <laughs> yeah, that's, that 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 was. Yes, absolutely. He's not named, I don't think, but they make it clear. They're they're being kind of jokey. It's tongue-in-cheek. I shouldn't give them too much grief. But, uh, yeah, the, the tutorial for Hearts of Iron 3 has, I, I think, like a, a young Bavarian artist uh, uh, walking you through the uh, how to play Germany. Yeah, and it's it's clearly Hitler by the time it's over. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a very weird moment when you're like, wait a minute. A mass murderer is telling me how to kill more people? But it's before he was a mass murderer. It's like a young Hitler, so I guess it's okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, actually... Back, there, back before Einstein had a chance to kill him. Nice. With the uh, hand buzzer of doom. Yes. 
Um, you know, one that actually I, I did kind of enjoy was the uh, Scourge of War tutorial. Um, you know, because, I mean... This is Gettysburg, unless, Gettysburg Scourge of War, which we talked about uh, three weeks ago on the podcast. Right. Um, because, I mean, I thought I was going to be prepared for that game because uh, I played Take Command, but I was I was too rusty on the system, and there were enough new things that I was kind of lost. Uh, but I went into the tutorials... And I mean, what what they did a good job with was, um, you know, giving you enough room to really play around and get comfortable mm-hmm. with the um, with the commands. Because one mistake a lot of tutorials make is they show you something and they give you one chance to like execute the command and then they move right on because you know they think because you clicked the button they told you to click that you've somehow internalized how this works. The nice thing about the Scourge of War tutorial is that it sort of sits back and says, "Okay, so we've taught you these formations, we've taught you how to manage this, you know, this um, you know, level of command. Um, now you can just play around, march your troops around, try different formations, experiment a little, um, and then move to the next part of the tutorial and learn the next skill we're going to teach you. Um, I, you know, I really appreciate that. That's that's very important. Yeah, but those tutorials took forever. They did. Those were very. I mean, they were great and they were detailed, but they were also very, very long. And I wonder, for how many people played through them all? Uh, and therefore learned all the systems because by the time I got to the third one, I was thinking, I just want to go out there and kill some more guys. I want to play a battle. So I jumped into a battle and got completely and totally annihilated because that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to spend my time marching around killing a bunch of little guys because uh, the tutorial that was just so long and so poorly paced. Very good in educating me in all the systems, but you know, that's the old fogey in me. I got to the point where, okay, I've, that's enough. I've done enough of the teaching. Troy Goodfellow, why didn't you read the manual for Pete's sake? <laughs> what manual? <laughs> the manual. Did, are you telling me that this Scourge of War Gettysburg game does not ship with a manual? That all this stuff in the tutorial, it, it, the tutorial is for people who are too impatient to read the manual. Uh, now, now that does bring up a problem that the tutorial itself is so long, you know, that it's not going to hold that kind of attention span. But. Uh, Troy Goodfellow, you're, you're a better man than that. You should have read the manual. <laughs> it's a big manual. It is a really big manual. It would take me forever to print it out. Uh, but yeah, it's I, I read the manual even there. You don't have, you don't have the pictures. Uh, it just says you know the description of all the buttons, and the descriptions aren't especially good. It's not a great manual uh, in very many ways. So I'm not sure how much help it would have done. But I'm, I'm the type of guy that just jumps right in. Eventually, yeah, I went to the manual. But at that point, I just wanted to, you know. Stop marching around the cornfields right. and learning our tailors. I, I, it was like three hours in, and I was still in the tutorials, and it just kept going and going, um, all for very different, very different levels. But then you start the first Gettysburg thing, which is a cavalry action. Uh, you're commands some Union cavalry waiting for reinforcements. And it's like, okay, I've got to mount and dismount and skirmish and scatter and. I have artillery here somewhere, and what the hell? Uh, now, that it, makes me wonder if, if uh, you, you know, Rob, you were mentioning that it does let you, uh, it does give you time to sort of do things. It doesn't script you to do one thing at a time. Right. But then the problem is that if it's not doing that, if it's not basically retard-proof so that it's carefully scripted to show you exactly things at a concise pace, then it can be really drawn out. And that's that's a tough yeah. balance. Well, well especially since each, tu- since each tutorial is at, teaches very different things. Like the one tutorial doesn't have any, most of the tutorials don't have any artillery at all. 
So you have to do the artillery tutorial. It's not like you're marching around in some free-form sandbox civil war battle. It's, you know, when you get to this point, you know, we'll move on to the next thing. In the meantime, have your fun marching and shooting and marching and shooting, uh, which is great for learning all the marching and shooting, but it's well, I mean, broken I mean, up. With Scourge, with Scourge of War, I think there would have been a simple fix, and that was move the uh, waypoints closer together. Yeah, because um, that was the big problem I ran into is that I mean they gave me enough room to play around with commands, but then once I was finished, I was ready to move on to the next thing, and the next thing always seemed to be a mile and a half away. And so for the next step, step of the tutorial, go to the objective over here, and you're marching across half of Pennsylvania um, to learn the next move. So I mean that yeah I mean that was the pacing problem right there I think. Well, they had time compression for that. It was a safe march, thankfully, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it is good that it let you set your own pace better than so many RTS campaigns, which have you, your first uh, tutorial is always, here's how you select, here's how you right click. Boy, you're a born soldier, you know how to oh do your right click, blah, blah, blah. But you can't, I've heard, complimenting. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've heard Rob say, though, that you, you should cut that stuff out, but you really can't. No. Again, with the tutorial, really Rob, it's just like your, no, no, it's just like Rob was saying before, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. Rob, if you want to be able to give this to someone, to get them into the game, then the tutorial has to show you how to move the camera. You know, you've got to do that. That has oh, right. to be part of it. But I think, I, I definitely think, I mean, I don't think you have one tutorial anymore. I mean, I think that's another thing we have to get away from, is that you got to stop having one tutorial that teaches you all the basic stuff and maybe move to more of a, you know, beginner, intermediate, advanced tutorial. Right. Um, and a lot of games do do that, though. That, right. that is a fairly common thing these days, uh, is I think developers know, especially with something, some big-budget, mainstreamish kind of thing like an RTS, developers know they're, they're going to have to make tutorials for different levels of players. So it'll say, you know, click here for the basics. If you're intermediate, click here. Uh, the, the one thing that bothers me, and I'm not a big fan of single-player campaigns and real-time strategies anyway, is developers who use the campaign you know, their storytelling bits as a tutorial when I don't need to know that stuff. I don't need to know on the first mission how to move the camera if I just want to jump into the story. You know, let me skip past that part. And if you want to set a story for me, then make it where I can also play that story if I've read the manual and I know how the game works already. Uh, I hate these drawn out, turgid storytelling campaigns that double as tutorials. Who, who I would single out there um, would be Relic. Um, I'm thinking of specifically of the Dawn of War campaign and the Company of Heroes campaign, uh, because both of those were these endless pseudo instructional campaigns where it's like, you know, parceling out a new unit here. I mean, this is basic RTS stuff, but for some reason the pacing just really bothered me with those games, uh, because it just everything was so slow. Like every mission, it was here's a new unit you can use, um, and there's going to be some sort of there's going to be some sort of obstacle that you need that new unit to cross, and we're going to force you to use it. Um, you'll never use it this way, of course, in a multiplayer game or anything like that. It's just this is a completely artificial construct of the campaign, right. um, and, that, and, and that's what you're stuck doing. And so the single-player campaign is this endless uh, baby-step tutorial that, you know, once again, I, I mean... You know, it's kind of you're, when you're introducing units one at a time, you're not learning anything new there. Players can figure out what to do with each unit. Um, and what you're not doing is letting them experiment with, you know, maybe more advanced strategies because you're still putting them down this, this narrow, you're, you're putting them down this, you know, narrow corridor. Um, that, I mean, those campaigns really bother me. Yeah. 
I, I, StarCraft apparently has, StarCraft 2, uh, has a different approach to how they are doing that sort of thing. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing their storyline as well, but I've, I've, I've heard there are apparently, uh, they're like challenges. Uh, and each challenge is designed to teach you some facet of the game, like quickly uh, getting your economy going or managing hotkeys and stuff. And they're, they're I, I presume, I haven't seen them, I presume they're like little puzzles. Uh, and if I was developing it, I'd give you little achievements for finishing each one or, or something. Uh, but StarCraft looks like it's it's trying to decouple from its single-player storyline how to teach people how to play it online as a multiplayer game. Uh, and I like that approach. Have we talked this out already? Yep. No. Um. <laughs> oh my god, we have. Oh, no, we, no, we have. Because, no. Pardon? Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that I've sort of been mulling over too is how do you draw, how do you draw attention to things that are not immediately apparent that you can't, that you can't expect the player to necessarily notice, um, while he's playing the game. Um, just because, I mean, one thing I was thinking of is a while back I played Auction Panzer, and that's a game that really, there's no hand-holding. It just pushes you into the deep end and, you know, says, you know, swim. Um, and the manual's serviceable, but it's no great shakes either. But it, for some reason, the lack of tutorial, the media construction kind of bo- didn't bother me there. Uh, the way it bothered me here, the way the uh, poor tutorial sort of bothered me with Rise of Prussia, and I was kind of tr- wondering why that was. And one of the things I hit on was that with a lot of games, you can trust that players are going to see and observe things um, while they're playing. Like, you know, if it's a World War II tactical game, they're going to notice how the tanks are interacting and what tactics work, what tactics fail. Um, you know, they're going they're going to pick things up because it's all there. It's happening before your eyes. But with you know, more abstract strategy games, there's a lot of things that are sort of happening under the hood that you can't necessarily players, you can't expect players to know, or you can't expect the player to know these things are happening um, unless the player is kind of familiar with the genre um, or, you know, has had the concept explained. And so, like, with, with Rise of Prussia, there, there's a lot of things going on that will seem sort of mysterious to you. Um, if, if you aren't familiar with Aegean war games, um, you'll, you'll sort of wonder, well, why is this guy running out of supply? He, he doesn't seem like he should be running out of supplies, but there he is. He's starving to death. His troops are disappearing. Why isn't this guy getting replacements? Um, and all this stuff is kind of sequestered in the interface. You, you can find the information, but you kind of need to know where to look, and you need to understand how inventory and replacements work, how supply works, and how that's calculated. Um, and one thing I've been wondering about is... To really play these games, to expect a tutorial to teach you how to really play these games, somehow a tutorial has to uh, draw attention to these systems and, if not completely explain them, it needs to illuminate them a bit for the player. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you do that. Well, you do that through, through good UI design. That sounds more like a UI issue than a tutorial issue. A way to reflect, you know, why a unit is out of supply the one way or another, either by drawing a line to the chain of supply and showing it broken, or I mean, you can do all of that through UI and graphical stuff. We could certainly have a long show about uh, great UI design and try to get some best UI, some really great UI designers on the show to talk about how it's done, because that's really what that comes down to to me is not, because it's clearly, in your case, the, the 
hypothetically putting forward, the player recognizes it's out of supply, just not understand why. So look for information within the game to understand why, and that's more of an UI issue to me than a tutorial issue. Does that make sense? It does. Um, it, it does. My, 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 and I, I don't disagree with that. But I mean, it's possible that I mean, you know, Rise of Prussia and, and you know, it's its brethren within the Aegean family um, have a certain way of conveying information through like ledgers um, that you can you know sort your units and look yep. up information. And you know, I'm, I'm left wondering if Aegean did a better job of telling you how to use that system to its full potential, rather than saying, "Well, you've got this ledger." And read the manual, and then walking away from it. If, if they spent more time, you know, sort of running you through, now you want to look up this unit's supply to know what's going on with it. Um, you know, just bring your attention to these things. I don't know. I can't. I'm, I'm wondering if you can make an interesting tutorial. If you make a successful tutorial um, that calls attention to stuff like this for gamers who might not know what they're looking for. Oh, one sure way you could. go ahead. Yeah, and one way you do that is I, I think. Uh, a, a clever developer needs to fold a tutorial into the spirit of the game. Uh, now, that's going to be harder to do with dry material like supply lines, like like you're talking about, Rob. And I don't envy anyone uh, having to document that sort of thing. Uh, but one way you do that is, uh, you, you know, if your tutorial fits in with the world and the feel and the style of the rest of the game. Uh, and that's a harder thing. Like, it sounds like what you were talking about with Homeworld. I don't remember the specifics of that, uh, but it sounds like they took advantage of, of that, uh, is really making it feel like part of the game, part of the world. Uh, you know, here we're going to show you the world, here we're going to teach you how to play the game. And it's a luxury a lot of strategy games don't have. Uh, you can do that a lot more easily in something like uh, an action game or an RPG where you've got your prologue, um, or even an RTS. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I think of is... Uh, there are games that I feel are a lot more accessible than some of the things you're talking about, like with Rise of Prussia, that I think are hurt a lot more by not having a good tutorial because that would be a good point of entry for players who don't want to read manuals. And two games I think of specifically for, for that uh, are Dominions and Solium Infernum. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are both great games, and I think they both potentially have wider appeal if they had built into the game some sort of, hey, click here, and I'm going to show you how to play. Uh, neither game has that. Uh, and they both have opportunity for richly building that into the game to, to pull new players in. Now, I'm forgetting, does Dominions 3 even have an in-manual, does it have an in-manual tutorial where it asks you to load load a map and play something through? I'm trying to forget. Yeah, I'm I think Bruce had an appendix, like something yeah. like that in the, in the back, where it's like, yeah, so here's, start up a game, I'm going to walk you through it and walk you through some moves. And The old Civilization it. model, because Civilization 2 had that. Load up the tutorial map, and then we'll walk you through it. Oh, look, you found a, a place where there's buffalo, whatever. Right. And, and one thing that uh, Solium Infernum does have, uh, a fellow named Dave Perkins made some fantastic PDF tutorials uh, that... Dave really got into the spirit of how the game played in the game world. Uh, that sort of thing, if it had been incorporated in the game, I think would have opened up Solium Infernum to a, a, a great audience that otherwise is never going to play that game, unfortunately. Uh, well, the, the Dwarf Fortress, the same thing. It's an incomprehensible mess because uh, 
that's just the way it is. But there are a lot of great video tutorials. These things have fallen down onto the user base in many ways. People who right. recognize it's a great game and they want other people to play it. So the players become the evangelists. Um, and you'll be sure to give me the links to Mr. Perkins' uh, uh, SI tutorials. And I'll put them at the bottom of the podcast because everyone should be playing Solium Inferno. I think we can agree on that. Um, so yeah, tutorials, they suck. <laughs> I mean, okay, Tom, I'm going to ask you this because Lisa, sure. uh, my wife asked me this. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, she said, well, what's the topic tonight? I said, well, it's tutorials. And she said, well, do, do you even play tutorials? As if it was some ridiculous idea that I would be playing tutorials. I said, well, yeah. You're too smart for them. You don't need tutorials. Well, exactly. You're, you're a veteran professional gamer. What are you doing with messing around with a tutorial? Right. And I tell them, I always play tutorials when I'm reviewing a game. I always play them through so I know how they're conveying information, I, what they think is important. That's just a habit of mine. I'm into even, I even go through all those stupid, here's how you right click, here's how you left click, here's the camera. I go through all of that. Um, do you do the same thing? Absolutely, absolutely. To me, a tutorial is, it's like the prologue to a book. You know what? The author wrote this. He obviously wants it to be an entry into what I'm about to read, so I'm going to read it. Uh, And I think of the same thing as with a tutorial. You know, the developers, this is the entry to their experience that they're going to deliver, uh, so I'm going to play through the tutorial. You know, even the, the basic stuff that Rob rightly complains about, where here's how you move the camera. You know, I know you hold down the right mouse button and it moves the camera, but I'm curious, how are they going to present this information? Uh, well, except, and, and except for those games where you move the camera in a different way. Well, that's, that's another up. thing is sometimes you will find in a tutorial they'll they'll hide some little interface quirk or something, and you wouldn't have known about it yeah. if you didn't either scour the manual or read the tutorial. And I tend to do both things. Uh, but there have been times where I've played the tutorial and there's been a, oh, I didn't know that's how that worked moment. Uh, so yes, I, I always play tutorials, uh, and I, I do like you know I, I like the prologue analogy. Like I yep. you know I like when I read a book if the author wants to sit down and tell me something first, not a prologue, a forward. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, you know, if the author wants to tell me something first. That's fine. I'm going to read his book, so I'll, I'll read what he has to say before the book proper starts. So I feel the same way about tutorials. Um, yeah, I just struck her as bizarre that I would even bother, and it's. I think it's just such a core. It's an, for me, it's just an important part of the game, and uh, how uh, in getting in. That's just a prologue thing, but not just the basic format. But it sets in many ways the pace of the game, what the game, what the game designer thinks is important that you know as you begin. Um, at what point do they cut you off? How much trust are they putting in you, and in their own explanatory skills? Um, of well, course, and I also. I, I'm. I'm sorry, Troy. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I, I also part of the reason I do that is. I put great stock in the ability to present information to people and to teach yep. them something, to teach them how to play something. And I, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I have, I have a lot of experience with this land party that I have where I have people come over and a lot of times I want to show them a new game and I really have to think carefully, how am I going to present this new game to them? And a lot of times I just want to tell them, look, just, just play the tutorial. You know, it'll take you 10 minutes. But nobody who shows up here for the LAN party is going to want to play a tutorial. So it falls on me to carefully weigh what information to present to them and how to present it. Uh, I also, uh, and again, I sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I, I think I'm pretty good at being the guy who explains board games. You know, when we meet for board games, it drives me crazy, people who suck at explaining a board game, because it will kill the experience. Yeah. Um, so I... 
and and I'm by the way I'm starting to be literally a, a tutor. I'm I'm starting to do volunteer tutoring for a literacy program. I mean I to me it's really important how you teach people things. I I took dance lessons recently and I thought the teacher was terrible and it drove me crazy. I get real analytical with how people teach information and how they present it and how you don't alienate or or uh or drive the people away who want to learn something. It's a very delicate relationship and I value that and I value that process. So I'm fascinated with tutorials and I would yep. not dream of missing one in a game. I want to see how it's done uh and I can be very critical and I really appreciate a, a well done tutorial. Uh, you know, it's the it's that whole first impression. You right. need a second chance at a first impression. So, uh but for many games that's the tutorial. But, I mean, for me, that's exactly why this is such an important issue, and that's why, I mean, mediocre tutorials are such a problem, especially for, you know, any genre that's in danger of becoming a niche, um, or already is a niche, because exactly all the things you just said, like, hmm? there are so many games where somebody, I mean, you don't get into it from the rule book. You get into it because a friend brings you into it and says, here's how you play. Um, I mean, that's how I got into D&D, that's how I've gotten into, that's how I got into Civ, um, and I mean, with with a lot of these games, you just don't have the option. I mean, developers certainly don't have, can't trust that there's going to be some good Samaritan to sit down with their pal and say, "Here's how you play this game." And trust me, once we learn it, it's going to be great. And do a good job of teaching it. So you've got you've got to be that teacher. You've got to be the guy who breaks it down. You know, the, the gamer needs to be your friend in that situation, right? The player needs to be you know sitting down with your tutorial and. The goal should be, it should be like a pal sitting down saying, let's learn how to play this game together. Mm -hmm. That's how but, you get people into games. Yes. But I do think, though, Rob, you seem to think that a tutorial can help rescue a niche game. And I think with something like Rise of Prussia, I don't think any level of tutorial is going to get someone who doesn't already like war games and know the vocabulary of war games. I don't think that's going to help there. Uh, I, I, like, I don't see tutorials as, as any way to break something out of a niche. Uh, and maybe I'm giving Rise of Prussia a bad rap, but no, that's no, pretty much. I think you're, actually, you're right. Is, but that, that's where you need gateway games to get into Rise of Prussia. I think Birth of America, uh, Ajod's first game, is a great gateway uh, war game. Uh, even to the other Ajod games, because it sets up all the many of the similar ideas, but in a much simpler package. Uh, Rise of Prussia is even more complicated because it adds coalition politics. And, 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 and sort of to go back to the, to the analogy of actually tutoring in real life, you know, when we do literacy tutoring, we're not necessarily sitting there teaching people how to read. We're, we're getting them started, and then they have to go off and, and do the bulk of the work themselves. So it's similar to me, a, a video game tutorial. It gets people started, but it's not a substitute for, for, for them learning it themselves. And in a, in a complex strategy game... I, I think it's okay that there's that expectation. You know, like I've always said for the Hearts of Iron games, part of the tutorial can be expecting the player to jump into something limited like the, the Spanish Civil War in 1939. You know what? We're going to give you a few screens of Hitler goofing around, and, and from there, you just go play the Spanish Civil War, and that's your tutorial. And from there, you know what to look up in the manual, what things you don't understand. Uh, well, that actually brings me to... You know, I mean, I'm not sure if it, it – it's not a tutorial per se, but maybe that's that's another thing that occurred to me, you know, while I was thinking of this topic is that, um, you know, just as with, like, Rise of Prussia, uh, the tutorial sort of throws you in at the deep end, and then there's really a very, very limited selection of scenarios there to catch you. Um, you're, ah. you know, you're – 
your choice is a very basic intro scenario or refighting the Seven Years' War by yourself. Um, and that's <laughs> that's a steep learning curve, and you know, they could have smoothed that out. But, the, you know, and the opposite problem is true of some of these RTS campaigns we singled out earlier um, that just, you know, kill you um, with, their, with their slow pace. And, you know, the, the next step after maybe the basic tutorial is crafting interesting scenarios like what you're saying that maybe blizzard is doing with starcraft 2 where you get um a puzzle you know that's going to force you to learn to use some of your game assets in a more advanced way or you know master a tactic or master a mechanic and there there are too few there you know i don't see enough games using these kind of scenarios that aren't quite over tutorials but there's definitely um an instructional component to it. Like, the player's going to have to learn a trick to get through the scenario. And that's something I'd like to see more of. I mean, I go back to, um, you know, for me, like, Steel Panthers, uh, the way, you know, that game opens with the invasion of Poland. Because, you know, you're the Wehrmacht, Poland is Poland. I mean, this is not going to be, a t- you know, you're probably going to be able to manage this fight. Um but along the way, it's just going to keep ramping up as Polish resistance stiffens. You know, it's it's both sort of historically convincing, but it's also layering on these challenges. You know, right. or throughout right. throughout yeah. the throughout the campaign, you know, okay, now now you've got to master you know assaulting a fixed position. Now you've got to master a tank battle against like evenly matched <laughs> tanks. This time you're outgunned. You know, all these things you got to pick up. And no, I'm kidding. Can I just tell you how when when you're describing that and I'm like nodding in agreement, I'm like, yes. And what it's reminding me of, and I hate to bring this up on a strategy gaming podcast, uh, is Electronic Arts uh, Skate series. Uh, And the Tony Hawks used to be like this, like, okay, we're going to teach you an ollie. Okay, now you do a pop shove it. Okay, now we're going to teach you manuals. Okay, now you learn to grind on a rail. (laughs) And strategy games can absolutely benefit from that. Uh, you know, this slowly escalating series of challenges, skate is an open world thing, so you can right. take them at your own pace. But, but yeah, strategy games can definitely benefit from that kind of gradual escalation. Uh, yeah. Well, in many ways, that's how uh, the, the, the Tropico campaign is built. And most, a lot of RTS campaigns and city builder campaigns are based as, okay, start with something small, and then you build up, you reach your goals, and they teach you little things along the way. Once again, they are... You know, they're tutorials in a very long, drawn-out process, and you won't get access to all the fun stuff till uh, quite yeah. late in the campaign. But it's very much in that same model. And see, well, in that pacing, I'm sorry, Rob, go ahead. Well, no, just all I was going to say. I think the trick there, though, is to not make it feel like the pacing is very slow. To well, make it yeah. feel like you're using these, like, oh boy, I just got a new tool and this is a really difficult challenge and I want to master it. That's how you know. That's that should be the goal. That's how that's how you want right. your player to be feeling. You don't want it to be sort of just another version of the you know moving a unit. Good job, soldier. You don't want it to be <laughs> use this artillery unit. It can strike from far. You know, and that's that's the instruction. Like, thanks for that. Or worse, you see all this stuff that's locked away that you can't get because this tutorial, this mission doesn't need it. Right. You're going to need it to finish this. Sorry. We'd love right. to give you nuclear weapons, but you don't need those quite yet. Uh, but I cut you off. I'm sorry, Tom. What were you going to say? Uh, I am not sure. Probably something about skate, so I will spare you guys. 
Actually, uh, actually, Tom, you you preempted me because I was going to ask you because you play probably more general games than either Rob or I do. I'm still I'm playing you know I play my RPGs and I'm still very much a strategy guy, not exclusively and certainly not as much as I used to be. Uh, but you play many more games and a wider variety of genres. I was wondering other other tutorials that you think are there other genres that do tutorials better i mean i think our rpgs generally have you know learning campaigns you know kind of your origin story type stuff um we're yeah, I mean, through all this but is there if you think of action games i mean you mentioned skate and open world racing games, pseudo sport game um well what's unique about strategy games is that strategy games are really much more often about presenting bald information. Yep. You know, we as strategy gamers are okay with that. Yep. So it's okay for a strategy game, in my mind, to give you a brief tutorials and introduction, a forward if you will, and then say from here, you know what, you're gonna have to dig into the manual. Uh whereas other genres aren't necessarily played by people who are willing to manage and learn information. So it can be a, a bit trickier. However, they have the easier advantage of they can use world building. They can, uh, you know, in skate, the context of the, the gameplay is a series of escalating challenges. So somebody who's good easily breezes through the first 10 challenges where those challenges are used to teach someone who's not good how to play the game. And that person's going to take a little bit longer. Um, and, but then there are so many games that just have a completely shared vocabulary it, it's like esperanto or something you know a shooter for instance everybody knows the basic vocabulary of a shooter so you don't have to do a lot with the tutorial you can just tend to dump people in there and make sure somewhere along the line you you point out the specifics of your game um so yeah yeah we have a we have a unique both disadvantage and advantage in in strategy gaming i think when it comes to tutorials and the role that they play Great. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, well, I mean, I guess one thing. One thing I wanted to revisit um, was, I guess I don't, I don't agree, or at least I can't. I I, I can't bring myself to fully accept um, that we shouldn't look at the tutorial as a way to help games break out of niche steps. I mean, you know, it, it games. That's 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 one thing, but I I just. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think tutorials are the problem for why strategy games are an issue. I don't think the issue is people don't understand strategy games anymore. I think that's one of the lesser problems of strategy games at this point. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, because my, because at least the thing that I get from conversations I have with friends, I mean, is that, um, you know, even if they, even if they, like, they look at a screenshot from a strategy game, it doesn't make any sense to them. They don't understand even really what's going on in there. And then if they get the game, they have no idea what's going on, and the game isn't doing a great job of explaining it, and it's certainly not doing a great job of showing where this gets interesting. So, I mean, for me, for me, like, I think instruction is definitely part of it. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably a part for why people might not get into it once they have it. But as far as them buying it to begin with, I think there there are larger issues, and we might even have to have a long show. But I think the big problem uh, with for strategy games, and I I say it's YouTube. YouTube is the problem. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, what what do you mean? YouTube is the problem because you can't show Rise of Prussia in a YouTube video and get people excited. I don't hmm. think you could show anybody. Who's not already into war games? Rise of Prussia yeah, well, and get them excited. I mean, you, you, but it, it, they, they don't video well. You can tell you, take of any every other genre. You can do like a, a cut scene, something that actually works. 
and get people really excited about the game, really understand it. Uh, I think the move to, as video games have become much more cinematic in many ways, and as YouTube and video marketing has taken preeminence over just straight static screenshot marketing, that is why strategy games are, I think, a little more niche than they once were. I think they're coming back. but We will definitely have to, I think, have a podcast on how to market strategy games because I see it done wrong all the time. That actually will be an interesting thing. We probably got a big might to be able to get a good PR person on here for that. Tom Ola might be able to help us with that. Um, so uh, next week we will. Speaking of Tom Ola, he's affiliated with uh, Good Old Games, and they have recently made available the Simtex Classics, the first two Masters of Orion games and Master of Magic. Next week we will be doing a classic game analysis of the Simtex Legacy. Uh, so if you ha- don't haven't bought those yet from Good Old Games, uh, please do so. We will be playing them and revisiting them and talking about what made Simtex so special in its time and uh, where are its spiritual heirs today. Tom, Rob, good night. Before good we night. go, I just want yeah. to explain it's pronounced Agiad. Well, that sounds horrible. Agiad? Okay. <laughs> Hey, John. I've, yeah, I, I met Mr. Thibault, Philippe Thibault in Sweden. He's a very nice guy, and I'm sure he pronounced it properly, but he also has a very heavy French accent, so he could have been pronouncing it wrong. Aguillard. There you go. Aguillard it is. Aguillard in the Agora. Say goodbye, everyone. Good night. Goodbye.